0: Today's podcast is sponsored by us. We recently redesigned the website, and on the site, we added a page called Book Recommendations. And right now, it has a few of our favorites in fiction, nonfiction, audio, and children's.
1: If you are looking for gift ideas and you shop through the links on our site, we get a small percentage, and we would so appreciate
0: it. You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Abby. Today we're going to look back on what we read in 2017. But before we do that, let's catch up on life lately. Sarah, what is happening with you?
0: By the time this episode goes live, my in-laws will live in Bloomington. Wow. Neil's parents are both retiring this month, and they decided to sell their house in Arkansas and bought a house about a mile and a half from where we live. It will be the first time that we have had grandparents living in the same town as us since we've had kids. And so fun, just in time
1: for the holidays.
0: Exactly. I think it'll definitely be an adjustment for everybody, but I'm really excited for the kids to get to grow up with a different kind of relationship with their grandparents where they're getting to see them on a more regular basis instead of just every few months. I think that will be really special for the kids. What's going on with you, Abby?
1: So I have been totally winning in a secondhand way. Love it. And not just finding things secondhand to buy, but finding things secondhand for free. The best. In the past two weeks, I have found a doll stroller, which was on our list for Plum for Christmas. Mm -hmm. A potty chair, so we can sit on the potty together. (laughs) (laughs) And I was on a walk the other day with my mom, and I saw a hose cart. And I had just been looking at our hose Mm -hmm. on our back patio, and thinking, that is always a hot mess. I carried it back a long way, but now our hose has a new home. Worth it. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Sarah, what's your latest read?
0: The book I read this time is Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng, which is the NEA big read this year. So the National Endowment for the Arts picks one book and then a lot of libraries across the country coordinate programming for it. Mm. And I actually received a free copy at a festival that was happening in Bloomington where the library was handing out copies and then signing people up to get information about the programming. And they have a lot of things for book clubs who want to read it in Hmm. terms of providing the books and resources. So that's how I heard about it. The premise of this one is – That it's set in the 70s. And at the very beginning, we find out that 16 year old Lydia is dead. And Mm. we don't know why. And the book follows her family's reactions to that. And then Mm. also these flashbacks explaining what happened. And it's really an exploration of a family and the secrets they keep. And the ways that that plays out over decades. Mm. So the father is Chinese American and the mother is white and mm-hmm. they met in the 1950s. So there's a lot about race in their relationship mm-hmm. and race as it relates to their kids growing up in small town Ohio in the 70s. There's a lot about feminism and her mom's dreams that didn't come to fruition mm. And the way that plays out in her hopes and dreams for her kids, there's just a lot there. And Mm -hmm. it was really short. And I was so impressed by how just a few pages in, you felt like you knew so much about that family. Mm. And these small flashbacks revealed so much about each character. After having just gotten off a book that I felt was much too long, Mm. I was so appreciative of the work and beauty of being able to be concise and to convey so much information that way. That sounds awesome. One thing I found challenging about the book is how hard it was to read about a family that did not communicate. Mm -hmm. And there were so many times where I just wanted to shake the book and tell the people to actually talk to each other. And it's hard for me to understand because I'm such a talker and that I like to talk things out. To Mm -hmm. imagine keeping these really big things to myself and keeping that for my partner feels hard to relate to. Mm -hmm. And then also just, it's hard to read characters making these choices that you know are leading in a bad direction. Right. Overall, I would recommend it. I thought it was beautifully written. I'm still thinking about it. There were so many things there about what does it mean to fit in and... How do our own experiences influence how we parent our kids for better and for worse? Mm -hmm. It was a great book.
1: What have you been reading? I just finished listening to A Beautiful Work in Progress by Myrna Valerio, and she is a black ultramarathoner, and she does not have the typical ultramarathon hyperlean body. So that's sort of the setup for the whole book mm-hmm. is she's in this world of running ultramarathons, but she's not who people expect to see. It's a normal memoir in that she starts sort of in the past and then moves toward the present day. I loved each chapter individually. She's a really great storyteller, and I especially love the chapters about specific races, Mm. where she takes you through her mental game through the whole thing and how she felt at this part and how she felt at this part. And when she started hallucinating (laughs) and hearing wild pigs when they weren't there. But one thing that I didn't love about it was how anachronistic it was. And it felt like it was really difficult to follow.
0: Do you think each chapter was meant to be the standalone or not? It's hard to tell. I started
1: out reading it in paper copy. And the breaks are set up where they could each be their own thing, but because they don't always wrap up nicely and neatly at the end, you sort of expect more continuity in the story. Okay. But I loved hearing about ultramarathoning. It sounds totally crazy, but Mm -hmm. also I sort of felt like I wanted to try it (laughs) while I was reading it. I also really loved hearing about her family of origin And how that influenced how she felt about her body. And how she felt about being able to take these risks and participate in this fairly
0: extreme sport.
1: Mm -hmm. I think part of the disjointedness came because she started as a blogger.
0: And then probably a lot of those were just taken and reshaped to create the book, I would imagine.
1: That's what it seems like. I don't know that for sure. But like I said, after I switched to the audiobook... And it's her reading it, which is always great in a memoir. Yes, It was much easier for me to make it through that. This is a book that we read in my in-person book group. And most of the folks in that group had similar feelings about the disjointedness of it. But mm-hmm. they mostly read the paper book. And so if this is a book that you're interested in, I would recommend it. But I would recommend the audiobook instead of the paper book.
0: I'm really coming around to that idea that if I'm reading a memoir, I should be actually listening to it. As listeners probably know, you listen to many more books than I do. But there have been times where I've read memoirs this year, and I actually wish I had listened to them because Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a better experience. I think you just
1: get a fuller picture of the story when you get to hear it in the author's own words.
0: And I feel like you get that connection to them more and more of a sense of who they are through their voice. Mm -hmm. And that's often part of the point of a memoir. Right. So let's
1: talk about books some more. Let's. We're going to look back on our year in reading. And let's start by giving our general impressions of how
0: reading was for us this year. Overall, I felt really good about it. I think that with my kids getting older, that has opened up more time and space for me to read in some ways. Mm -hmm. In other ways, it's felt more challenging because HP goes to bed later, and that was often a time that I would read. No children are napping in my house right now. So even if there's rest time, it's often interrupted and hard to get lost in something the way that I would have a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But as a whole, I feel like I just have more mental space for it than I did Mm. a few years ago and that it feels easier to get lost in a book and to have the energy to want to pick one up where before I felt like there were more times where no really I do just want to scroll on my phone and go to bed (laughs) right (laughs) and not even engage in that higher level of thinking that reading a book would require so that's how I felt about the time and energy and space I had for reading in terms of the books that I read there were ups and downs but There were definitely many that I really, really loved.
1: Nice. So I love what you said about mental space because I feel like that's part of my problem this year. For me, it was a decent reading year, but not really anything special. And we can talk a little bit more about the challenges in a minute. But I just don't know that I have any books that I really, capital L, loved Mm. this year or books that I'll want to go back to again or that I'll remember forever. Mm -hmm. And in that way, it was kind of underwhelming. Mm -hmm.
0: And when I try and think about the whole year, I was scanning through the books that I'd read on Goodreads, and Mm -hmm. I felt like there were definite highs and lows. I felt like I read a lot of great books at the beginning of the year, and then I've been recently having another really great stretch, and in the middle it was sort of, eh, everything's okay, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think that I am finding more good books – partly through Instagram Mm. and social media. And I feel like things are coming to me pre-vetted. And so my list of books that I want to read is ever growing. And Mm -hmm. once I found people who I have a similar reading taste to, and I'm seeing what they're reading, in some ways, it's felt easier to me to find those books that even if they're not the ones that I am just in love with, I'm Mm -hmm. enjoying the experience, that I'm not wanting to quit the book. Mm. And I feel like in past years, there were more books that were just, do I even really need to finish this? (laughs) And this year, I at least want to finish them. That's definitely a step forward. Yes. What challenges did you face
1: in your reading life this year? You sort of alluded to some slumps. Mm -hmm. What was that like?
0: I think the biggest reading slump for me was in May and June, which is also when my family traveled the most. Mm. Before experiencing that, I would have said, what a great time to read while I'm on vacation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, traveling with young kids, the schedule was so different and bedtimes were so late and Mm. I just found it hard to get through books. So I read much less than than I thought that I would. Yeah. And then coming back from that, I felt like I was just, everything I read was fine, but it wasn't anything special. Mm. And to me, it's when you read the really good book that then you want to read the next one and the next one and the next one. Exactly. And you're just in this good phase. And then when I read a book that's sort of fine, I want to turn to something else for entertainment for a while. Mm -hmm. And then as a general challenge, the hardest thing is just like it is for everyone, finding the time to do it and... The evenings have felt harder to read with the later bedtimes, and my childcare hours are often filled with podcasting stuff or other things that need to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's just figuring out when is the best time to fit it in. What about for you? So my challenge all year
1: was balancing work, parenting, and self-care practices and fun things like reading. I have an activation energy to reading. Which is not helped by not necessarily loving anything that I read.
0: Right. Because if you're reading a good book, you find the time. Yeah. I make time. And it goes so much faster. Right.
1: So I did turn to my phone a lot for vegging out this year. Mm -hmm. I think that is also sort of a self fulfilling thing where when I look at my phone, I'm really good at being distracted, but not necessarily good at having the focus that it takes to get into a book, especially if it doesn't grab me right away. Mm -hmm. I struggled reading paper books a lot. And so our listeners know that I've been listening to books a lot in the second half of the year, which has helped me read more, move through sort of a reading slump in general, because it's less work. I just have to listen rather than doing the work
0: of reading it myself. So I have a question about that, Mm -hmm. because for me, one of the challenges with audiobooks is I can't be doing anything else because I need to be focusing. Mm. I hate if I miss anything about a book. That's one of the reasons audio is hard for me because I will rewind to catch whatever it is. And if I'm reading the paper book, I'm often going back to, oh, wait, who was that? And trying to find it and rereading that section. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like I need to be on when I'm listening Mm -hmm. in a way that with podcasts, which is what I usually use my listening time for, I don't feel that. It's not a big deal to me if I miss a few minutes of a podcast because it feels less important. Right. But if I'm listening to an audiobook in my house and not doing something like laundry or cooking, mm-hmm. I want to look at my phone or do these things that distract me. So, when do you find the time? to listen undistracted by that? Or do you not feel that same sense of necessity of catching every single word? I think we're really different in the sense that I
1: don't really care if I know what's going on quite as much as you do. You and Neil are similar that way. Yeah. Also, I do... A lot of listening while folding diapers, Mm -hmm. while walking, while driving, Mm -hmm. which are things that don't require, you know, me to stop and talk to Plum. Right. Even cooking would maybe be a little much for listening because I need to pay attention more to recipes and things. Mm
0: -hmm. But that's mostly when I do it. When I usually listen to audiobooks is when I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. And since that doesn't happen very often… You don't listen to many. (laughs) Right. I think I would enjoy incorporating more because I think sometimes the experience is better. Mm -hmm. And it also might be for me doing rereads. Yeah. There are audiobooks I love to listen to, but they're rereads, so I don't feel that pressure the way that I do with a new book.
1: Well, because you already know what's going on, right? Exactly. So another challenge for me this year is that I'm not a book finisher. If I don't like it, I won't waste my time. Mm -hmm. And I had several books this year that I did not make it through,
0: Hmm.
1: that I was excited to start, that came highly recommended. And then when they didn't land for me, it felt like a waste of precious reading time.
0: I definitely agree that you shouldn't waste time on books that you're not enjoying. I still find it a challenge to set a book down if I'm not enjoying it, especially if I've gotten a part way in. I feel really committed. Mm-hmm. But I think I should be better about it because then I end up not reading for longer because I don't want to read whatever book I'm reading. Right. I actually think I'd read more if I set things aside. Yeah.
1: So, did you have any surprises in your reading life this year, like books that you expected to love but didn't, or
0: genres that you don't usually read in but that you were drawn to? For me this year, it was that I read crime fiction, which is something that in the past I have avoided. Yeah. I do not like things that are suspenseful in movies, in TV shows, in life, in books, anywhere. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And crime fiction is often that way. But there were a few that were recommended. I read a couple Tana French novels, Mm -hmm. which we talked about on the pod. And I loved that they were set in Ireland. I definitely enjoyed them. But for me, crime fiction is often I'm racing to get to the end so I'm not scared anymore mm. <laughs> as opposed to I'm enjoying the process. Right. And that's how I felt with those. But then you talked about the Inspector Gamache novels. hmm And I read one over Thanksgiving, the first one, and loved it. Yeah. I'm on hold for the next ones. Nice. I really did enjoy the experience of reading it and getting into that world. Mm-hmm. It's opened my eyes to how broad that genre is, because mm. there were a couple other ones I've read, too, and not all of them are the kind that I don't like, that I just need to find the ones that I do, and I think that I will include more next year, and it's definitely a change for me in my reading life.
1: Nice. So the surprise genre for me this year was poetry, Hmm. and I read a couple of poetry collections earlier in the year, and I really enjoyed both of them. And then reflecting on the books I've read this year, I thought, wow, those were great. I should add some more. So I am on hold for a few that I'm hopeful will come in later this month and that I will get them
0: in for my 2017 reading. In terms of books that I was excited to read and that just fell flat, Mm -hmm. I was really looking forward to reading Commonwealth by Ann Patchett. Mm -hmm. And I have read a few of her other books and really loved them. Yeah. I especially loved Bel Canto. And it just didn't do it for me. It's the book I brought with me on my long road trip with the kids this year, and Mm -hmm. I think that's probably part of the reason why I didn't read much on that trip is that's the book I brought, and I just... You weren't into it. Yeah, and I didn't want to pick it up, and I finished it and sort of felt like, what was the point? And my brother read it and loved it, and he was raving to me about it, and other people I know really loved it, and I thought it was well written, and the characters were well developed, but it just didn't do it for me.
1: Yeah, that's one that had been on my to-read list for this year. And in fact, I even have the audiobook from Audible, Mm. but I haven't listened to it yet, at least in part because of your mediocre experience (laughs) reading it. So we both participate in the Goodreads challenge Mm -hmm. where you choose a number of books that you plan
0: to read for the year. How did that go for you this year? This year I set a goal of 72 and I met that earlier this month. Yay. (laughs) Thanks, friend. For me, it's really just about estimating what I'm already reading and then setting a goal for that. And I like it for being able to keep track of what I'm reading because, quite frankly, otherwise I would forget. Sure. What about for you? What was your goal this year?
1: My goal this year was 50, and this was the first year that I did it.
0: Hmm. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. I felt motivated mostly because of our podcast, if I'm being completely honest. right? So I haven't met my goal yet, but I'm reading and listening to books number
0: 45 and 46, and I think that I will make it. I really have enjoyed having the podcast, too, as a motivator. Mm, mm -hmm. If I am in a reading slump, I can't let it last too long because I know that I need to have another book to talk about. Yeah, In that way, I feel like it's helped me not go too long without reading, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it makes me choose better books, too. Mm. that I think our listeners would enjoy as opposed to only reading fluff, which I read plenty of that too, to be quite honest. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not as interesting to talk about that on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the pod, actually. I think that you and I have both made some pretty interesting observations about our own reading lives and how the other person reads books based on doing this creative project together. So what do you think that you have noticed?
0: I think before we started Friendlier, I would have said that you and I have very similar taste in books. Right. And I would not say that now. Agree. (laughs) And I think the reason I thought that before is because a lot of the books that you like, I also like. Mm -hmm. I think we have really similar taste in YA fiction Mm -hmm. and what we like in that. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes in memoir. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I think we actually have very divergent tastes, and that lots of the things that I like, it turns out you don't. (laughs) And
1: not even that I don't like them, because I think a lot of times when we both read the same books because of our book club or something, Mm -hmm. we have similar viewpoints on them, but that I just make really different choices from you. Right. Mm -hmm. You seem to read for your own edification really to learn things and to challenge yourself intellectually. And when I'm reading for fun, it is for fun. Mm -hmm. And so I quit books that are boring, even if they are critically acclaimed, very educational things that would make me a better citizen of the world. I just don't feel like I have time for that in my life right now. Mm -hmm. something that I really remember is you talking about some book where you said, this felt like I was reading in grad school. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, I would never make that choice. (laughs) I don't want to feel like I'm doing something for a class. I really want to be entertained while I'm reading. Mm -hmm.
0: And I don't think I read too many of those, but I am happy to pick them up. Mm -hmm. It's not my only choice. I like reading YA fiction. I like reading fantasy fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I like reading a few romance novels every year and just getting lost in a story. Before the podcast, there are many things that I would have called you up and said, you should read this. And now I think, I don't think Abby would enjoy that right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Doing the podcast together has made us better friends to each other in terms of understanding where we're coming from reading-wise. Yes. We can offer each other better book recommendations now. (laughs) For sure. Let's talk specifics. We'll start with fiction.
0: What were your top reads this year? So my top for that are Homegoing by Yaa Jesse, A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara, All the Ugly and Wonderful Things by Bryn Greenwood, and The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. And all of these I've talked about in more detail on various podcasts, and we'll link to the episodes where we did that. Except for The Hate you Give, which I'm waiting to talk about on the podcast until you read it because our virtual book club is reading it. Yeah. So listeners will hear more about it.
1: That's coming up next year.
0: Yes. I think what I liked about all of these was that they really challenged me to think about things differently and to put mm-hmm. myself in really different characters' shoes. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they expanded my way of thinking I think the hardest one to read was A Little Life. It was really intense and really dark, Mm -hmm. but it's one that I'm still thinking about, and I'm really glad I had that experience. And honestly, I could say similar things about all of those. They're all books I'm still thinking about. They're all books that I felt stretched me as a reader, but that I really enjoyed the experience, that it wasn't that I'm doing this to learn something. I was learning something, but also really gripped by them. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite fiction this year?
1: My top fiction this year was The Lumitaire Chronicles by Melina Marchetta, The Inspector Gamache Books by Louise Penny, which I had read the first book, Still Life, long ago, but now I am reading through the rest. I'm on the sixth one now. I think I talked about it on the pod when I was on the fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. So I'm continuing to move through them, still really enjoying them. Those are the only books that I'm able to make it through in hard copy these days. Mm-hmm. And then Homegoing, the Lumatere Chronicles, and the Inspector Gamash books are more escapist, more entertaining, mm-hmm. lighter. Homegoing was different. It was it was a book for me, like I think a lot of your books are, in that it's really gripping, but also really made me think, and. I think I don't always enjoy books like that because I'm looking for an escape when I read. Mm-hmm. But that was the full package.
0: I started reading the Lumitaire Chronicles based on your recommendation, mm-hmm. and I actually didn't make it through. Yeah. It took me a really long time to read the first one because I just was struggling. And then I have a hard time stopping in the middle of a series, mm-hmm. see the Lunar Chronicles that right. I kept reading <laughs> even when I wasn't liking it. Yeah. But this one, I actually decided not to continue. That's big for you. But I know how much you loved it, so. Yeah, I really loved
1: them. Okay, let's talk about nonfiction. What were your favorite nonfiction reads this
0: year? When I was looking through my books, I was a little bit surprised because I feel like I usually really love nonfiction. And there were Mm. fewer that stood out to me this year. Mm. But my favorites were Born a Crime, a memoir by Trevor Noah, and Strangers in Their Own Land by Arlie Russell Hochschild and Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson. And if I had to pick one, it would be Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson. I feel like that is just a really important book about the justice system and things that are happening today. And Strangers in Their Own Land, I think, really did change my perspective on politics and people's views on politics. Hmm. But that one wasn't a page turner. Hmm. I was really glad I was reading it. And I think it's important. But It was a little bit drier, I would say, to go through. A little bit more like a grad school book? A little bit more. Not all the way in that direction, (laughs) but more so than the other ones. And then Born a Crime is one I wished I would have listened to yeah, because I think hearing it in his voice would have made it even better, and I already loved it. That's one I think I'd love to reread as a listen. What was your favorite nonfiction?
1: So my favorite nonfiction was a memoir, The Bright Hour by Nina Riggs. Mm -hmm. which I talked about on the podcast. And I just found it to be the perfect combination of true story and humor and real poignancy about things that are both
0: hard and amazing in our lives. And I also read that one and loved it. It's a hard read, but was beautiful. So that's fiction and
1: nonfiction. If you had to pick one book that you read this year to recommend, which one would it be?
0: It's hard to know if I'm recommending this because it's one of my more recent reads. And a lot of the other books that I loved, I read much earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. But if I had to pick one, it would be The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Hmm. It feels strange to say that it was really fun to read because it's dealing with these really hard topics. Mm -hmm. But it was a great reading experience and made me think. And it's so timely. I'm looking forward to discussing it with both my in-person book club and our virtual book club is doing this one. And I just feel like it's something everyone in this country needs to read and talk about and think about. And I love that it's YA Mm -hmm. because I feel like I wish I had read a book like this in high school. Yeah. And I wish I wasn't coming to think about these things as an adult. For those who don't know, the premise of the book is – the main character, Star, is witness to one of her best friends being shot by a police officer, and he is black, the police officer is white, and then we are witness to all of the fallout and how that plays out over the next few months. So if I had to choose one, that would be the one. What about for you?
1: So if I was going to recommend books to somebody from this year, it would be the Inspector Gamash books. Hmm. They're thoughtful. They have elements of humor. They have larger themes than maybe other crime fiction does.
0: Yes. I think that's part of what I loved about the one I read is that there was so much there beyond the mystery.
1: And it just keeps going. So... The first one is great, but then you dig in deeper to who these people are and hear their backstories and see their families and learn more about the town and how it functions and how the town itself almost plays the role of a character in the books. They're great. I think many people
0: of many different reading inclinations will like them. Agreed. I'm really glad that you read them and recommended them to me because it's not something I would have picked up otherwise.
1: Let's finish by looking forward to what we're excited about in terms of reading in 2018.
0: I just feel like I have a lot of great things on my list and even on my holds list already at the library that I'm really looking forward to and that I know as soon as it comes in, I'm going to want to start right away Mm -hmm. as opposed to feeling the pull to potentially do other things besides reading. And that is both just my own personal reading list and both my book clubs that I'm part of have picked really great books that Mm. I'm looking forward to reading all of them. Mm -hmm. So I feel a lot of energy and excitement going into the new year. What about for you? I feel the same way. I feel really
1: excited about my in-person book club. We also have chosen our books through next year, and it's just really nice to have them to be reading with in person. We also revamped the online book club that we're in together Mm -hmm. so that We have a slightly different format, and I'm excited about that because it meant we picked our books further in advance, and it looks really good. Yes. And then the last thing that I'm excited about is talking about more books and reading with you on our pod.
0: Same. And we would love to hear from listeners if there's books you're really excited about reading in 2018. Share them with us so we can read them too. We always love to hear your recommendations. Also,
1: make sure you're following us on Instagram at Friendlier Podcast because later this week we'll be giving away a couple of the books we talked about on this episode there. Let's finish up like we always do by talking about what we've been eating. I've been eating black bean nachos, which is a variation on black beans and rice, but it feels more junk foody. <laughs> this seems to have been a theme with you the last few weeks. <laughs> That I'm into the junk food? Yes. Yes. I cannot cook vegetables. I can't make myself cook whole foods. We're just eating a bunch of garbage at my house, and I love it. (laughs) How's that going with your CSA? Oh, it's over. Okay. I think part of this is a reaction to having to cook all those vegetables.
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: So how we make our black bean nachos is cook the black beans in the Instant Pot, put them on top of chips, put shredded cheese on top, microwave it, and then add
0: salsa. Love it. What have you been eating, Sarah? I was struggling to come up with something to share because a lot of what's been happening at our house sounds like what's been happening at your house, (laughs) which mostly involves me opening a can of refried beans and making bean quesadillas. Ooh, refried beans. I like that. Even simpler. Don't even have to use Instant (laughs) pot. And then having carrot sticks and apples for dinner. Mm. We've been having that frequently. But In other food-related news, I am very excited that tomorrow I leave for Seattle to go to PodCon, which is a podcasting conference there, and I am really looking forward to eating some tasty food out that other people are going to cook for me. Sounds amazing. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram so you don't miss our book giveaway and also be sure to check out our updated website. There you'll find a new page featuring our book recommendations, and in the show notes for today's episode, we'll include links to all the books we discussed.
1: The show notes are at our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you and have gotten some really great emails from listeners in the last couple of weeks. So, thank you. We also wanted to say thank you because it seems as though we
0: have some new listeners, and we are so glad that you're here. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. The National Endowment for the Arts. That is what NEA stands for, right? I didn't know. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. (laughs) I know you didn't fill that out. Do you think that's okay to do in the food section? Totally. Okay. This is our pod we get to choose.
1: Okay, so let's just try that again.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I loved it. (laughs)
1: It did go a little crazy then. I was just asking you so many things. I'm sorry. And then
0: I like kept talking about it.
1: Okay. Ask the question better.
0: (laughs) I feel like this is only going medium today.
1: (laughs) Well, the good thing is it'll probably be short.
0: Yeah.